Thank you for tuning in to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. I'm your host, Daniel McDonald. Included at the end of the May 22nd general primary ballot is a single question that could put a lot of momentum behind transportation projects in middle Georgia. For the second time since its 2010 introduction, regional leaders are asking voters to consider an additional 1% sales tax to fund a list of transportation projects in Baldwin, Crawford, Houston, Jones, Macon Bibb, Monroe, Peach, Pulaski, Putnam, Twiggs, and Wilkinson counties. I'm joined today by Baldwin County Manager Carlos Tobar, who's here to talk about this funding mechanism, the Transportation Special Purpose Local Option Sales Tax, in the projects that Baldwin County has on the drawing board should voters elect to put another penny toward our roads and bridges. Carlos Tobar, welcome to WRGC Studio and Milledgeville Matters. Daniel, thank you for having me. I thought we'd start off our conversation talking about the project list and specifically those that are cited here in Baldwin County. Um, And I thought we'd ask for the kind of eagle eye view and ask you, what is the overall design and thought behind the projects Milledgeville and Baldwin County are putting before voters in this T-SPLOST referendum? I think the city of Milledgeville and Baldwin County, they're looking at the four specific projects that are on the list. Uh, The intent is to reduce vehicle miles traveled, reduce vehicle emissions, have the traffic flow a little bit better. Uh, Obviously, the county and the city want to see economic development in this region and specifically in this county. Uh, You also have the commuters who are coming in and out of this county. You want to reduce their travel time, save them that time. Time is money. If you have truckers coming through here, you also want to be able to reduce their time. Their time is money as well. And you also want to improve the safety of these roads, especially as the larger vehicles are coming through here. You want to improve the the shoulder width and the lane width to make it safer. To speak more specifically, what are some of the ways that you hope to use this potential funding source to meet those goals? Sure. 75% of the funding would go towards King's Road safety improvements, which includes widening and resurfacing. Log Cabin Road safety improvements, also widening and resurfacing. North Jefferson Street safety improvements, widening and resurfacing. Uh, the widening and the resurfacing would go from Dunlap to Log Cabin Road. Also Dunlap Road safety enhancements, widening and resurfacing of that road. So those ex- experience a lot of vehicle miles traveled, a lot of vehicle traffic, truck traffic. And obviously you have the 441 corridor. And so people are, are looking to move away from that corridor if they're not going to shop. By expanding the width of those roads, resurfacing them, that will offer, I guess, our local commuters an option to get off of the North Columbia Street 441 corridor. Why were those specific areas targeted as a means of routing the traffic around that main arterial roadway? Well, for example, North Jefferson Street is already four lanes in some sections, so it makes logical sense to just widen the portion that's missing. In traffic engineering, that's called gap closure you're increasing the road width to to reduce that gap in that roadway. And also the experience that the citizens and the commissioners have of of seeing the uh, traffic congestion along these streets, people already trying to avoid that 441 North Columbia Street area. So that's creating congestion in these other streets. 
And um, as we think about uh, specifically Log Cabin and I think Jefferson, will any of that project funding be used for uh, traffic control mechanisms? I mean, uh, both of those streets are, are fast streets right now, um, especially uh, Jefferson Street. Well, that will be coming in the design phase. The traffic engineers will determine if there are some traffic calming devices that would be recommended for those streets. We talk about multimodalism as well, whether we're going to have uh, bicyclists out there on the road. You have two camps uh, regarding bicycle lanes. Uh, some get offended with the idea of a segregated bike one, bike path. Uh, some folks want to be in the traffic with all the other vehicles. I have a bicycle. I've been riding bikes all my life, and I don't want to be with the rest of the traffic. I'll do it if I have to, but I would prefer to be in a class one bike path, which is a dedicated lane for bicyclists. But we don't know if that's going to be feasible, but that's certainly something that we'll be looking at. The city of Milledgeville has a complete street ordinance that requires them to at least consider all forms of transportation that may use that road when it's coming up for any kind of large maintenance program or any kind of redesign. Is that the same in the county? We're looking at some projects that might have some mixed uses. Uh, for example, on Harrisburg Road, we're looking at possibly some speed humps so that it's safer for bicyclists and motorists to share the road. Some of these other roads, you have to use some common sense now. You know, some of these roads might have very high speeds. And again, you're probably not going to get many bicyclists in bike lanes in the road. And I know that's a sore subject for a lot of folks to see the extra lane width and the striping and nobody's riding the, their bikes on those roads. So I've been in communities where you have very high speed corridors, but they also have a class one bike path. And in some communities, they have two of them, one on each side of the street. But in, in Florida, you see it more on, on one side of the street. But that will be discussed and evaluated during the design phase. Right. And I, I know that's especially a topic of conversation right now is we just lost a member of the larger biking community to a motor vehicle bicyclist accident. And so I you know, hope that people uh, just consider that our motorists, our cyclists, our pedestrians, we're, we're all people. We all want to make it home safely. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that you just talked about was that 75% of the funding from Baldwin and Milledgeville's allocation of these potential TSPLOS dollars will go towards these projects. What happens with the other 25%? The other 25% is local discretionary funding. That money comes back to the city of Milledgeville and Baldwin County. The city of Milledgeville is estimated to receive $3.4 million over a 10-year period, and Baldwin County will receive $10 million of this local discretionary funding. And it can be used for bridges, bike lanes, signage, but of course we have a great need for road resurfacing. And that's, I think, where the majority of the money for at least Baldwin County will go. The T-SPLOST is for a 10-year period. Might we have to wait 10 years to see the improvements that are being talked about in this round of T-SPLOST funding? Well, collection starts in October. And obviously, some of these roads are so expensive to, to maintain that it's going to take a little bit of time for the money to be generated. There are going to be three different time frames for these projects. I am not sure at this point if within those three time frames we've decided which of these four roads is going to go in which phase. But the first 75% of the money will go towards these projects. So within three years, you'll see one of these four completed. 
and then in the next phase, probably one or two more will be completed, and within the 10-year period, all four will be completed. However, for the local discretionary funding, 25% of that money comes back to us, and as soon as we have enough money set aside, we can go ahead and do a project. Now, it makes more sense to wait until we get the local maintenance improvement grant from the state of Georgia, which we receive on an annual basis, and we can combine both uh, pots of funds and go out to bid one time for a big resurfacing project. It's May now. Construction starts in June of this year. So my guess is June of next year, you'd have a, a, a big project list to be able to resurface here locally. Mm -hmm. Well, we've run out of time in this segment, so we're going to take a short break. But if you're just joining us, you're listening to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. This week, we are talking with Baldwin County Manager Carlos Tobar about the upcoming Transportation Special Purpose Local Option Sales Tax Referendum that will be on the May 22nd general primary ballot. Of course, early voting for that May 22nd general primary has already begun at the Baldwin County Courthouse. You can learn more about early voting, early voting times, by calling the Baldwin County Board of Registrars at 478-445-4526. But for now, stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. Milledgeville Matters.
Thank you for staying tuned to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. If you're just joining us, we are talking about the Transportation Special Purpose Local Option Sales Tax Referendum that is on the May 22nd general primary ballot that is currently before voters um, in early voting. You can access that ballot at the Baldwin County Courthouse, of course, on Tuesday, May 22nd. It will be uh, primary election day. I'm joined in the studio right now by Baldwin County Manager Carlos Tobar. Now, as we were leaving out of that last segment, you were talking about how there's a 25% discretionary portion that allows our local governments to really cite the allocation of these funds towards immediate needs, maybe some more long-term needs that didn't make this list of projects that's going before the voters. Um, You also mentioned about how one strategy is to try to combine this with a state maintenance grant that is um, allocated annually from state government. Um, We talked during the break, and I thought I'd ask you to elaborate on that a little bit more. Sure. Baldwin County has 433 county road miles. This does not include the city of Milledgeville. At the current rate of resurfacing in Baldwin County, we're averaging seven miles per year. It's very expensive to resurface roads. With this Middle Georgia T-Splost, we'd be able to secure an additional $1 million in sales tax for resurfacing our roads, we'd be able to increase that from seven miles to 21 miles on an annual basis. So for example, next year in June, we should be able to resurface 21 miles instead of seven miles. That means every road in Baldwin County could be resurfaced every 20 years rather than every 62 years, which is at the current rate we're going. And can you talk about the programs that Baldwin County has in place to assess the road conditions and then put those into a schedule for that maintenance program? Sure. Our county engineer has grades for every road in the county, and he has those prioritized. Of course, things could change uh, over time, and a particular road might move up the list uh, depending on if, if industry comes in or something like that, or... There's some other need, a subdivision comes in. A lot of different things can change, but our county engineer has assessed the asphalt and the road base as well. And when you're looking at those maintenance operations, are there opportunities to make improvements or is it really just a maintenance function? We can always widen the shoulders a little bit, especially in some of these areas where you might have some logging trucks or farm trucks probably be a good idea to widen the shoulders a little to improve the safety of the road, but mostly just uh, making sure the base is strong and that the asphalt is done properly. And are there any areas of the county that are perhaps in greater need than any others? Unfortunately, every county has the same issues. It's pretty much every district. There are deteriorated roads in all districts in in the county. Now, I know from in the past, the percentage of paved roads that we have in Baldwin County uh, has been something that we were proud of. As we look at these more limited funds uh, for the upkeep of those roads, is it as something as much to be proud of or as sometimes a liability? Right, a liability or a burden. You know, you have these paved roads and once you pave it, you need to maintain it. We as a county are voting on it, but we're joining 10 other counties who also must pass it. Are there any projects that are outside of Baldwin County, but within this 11-county region that you feel will have an impact on the lives of Baldwin County residents? 
not just Baldwin County residents, but the businesses that are here in Baldwin County or the businesses that are coming to Baldwin County. You're not an island out here in Baldwin County. You're going to have products that are going to be made here, manufactured here, and then they need to be distributed. And our truckers, our, our companies here have to travel the other roads to get to ports and airports. You might need to get to Macon. All the other counties in the region, they're going through the same process of trying to determine which projects will reduce congestion. Now, why, in your opinion, have we gone to these local option sales taxes as a funding mechanism for so many different things within our communities? First of all, a lot of people will tell you that the sales tax is a fairer tax, that everybody pays for it. Your visitors also pay for it instead of just your property owners. So you're not burdening the property owners here in Baldwin County. The second issue is the sales tax. If this county were to adopt a sales tax on its own for its own transportation needs, you would have a lot of uh, your residents and possibly visitors not want to shop here. They'll want to go and shop in a neighboring county where the sales tax is lower. Whereas if you have a regional sales tax, that incentive is gone. So it's it works better for, for everybody in this region. Well, it has happened again. Uh, we are out of time in this segment, and so we're going to take the opportunity for another short break. If you're just joining us tonight, we are looking toward the May 22nd general primary ballot, and specifically the last item on that ballot, the Transportation Special Purpose Local Option Sales Tax Referendum that will include Baldwin County as well as 10 of our adjoining counties. Now, of course, I want to remind you that if you're hearing this, early voting has begun and is available Monday through Friday at the Baldwin County Courthouse. Uh, please take advantage of that. But if you can't make it out to early voting, of course, May 22nd is general primary day here in Baldwin County and across the state of Georgia. I'm joined today by Baldwin County's manager, Carlos Tobar, who's here to talk about this funding mechanism and some of the projects that could make a difference here in the transportation needs of Baldwin County and our regional neighbors. Stay tuned and we'll be right back with more Milledgeville Matters.
Thank you for staying tuned to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. If you're just joining us, we are talking about the Transportation Special Purpose Local Option Sales Tax that will be on the May 22nd general primary ballot. I will remind you again, of course, that early voting has begun in the Baldwin County Courthouse. You can learn the hours and find out more about that by contacting our local board of registrars at 478-445-4526. Joining me in the studio today is Baldwin County Manager Carlos Tobar. Mr. Tobar is new to our community. Um, he's been here for about four months. I thought I'd take the opportunity just to ask you a few questions in order to introduce you to our radio audience. Uh, now, this, of course, is the first time I've had the opportunity to talk with you, um, but I did do a little bit of research uh, before I interview, and I thought um, transportation is a perfect lens with which to talk about your experience and what uh, possibly may have brought you here to Baldwin County. I was wondering if you might talk about your philosophy towards providing for that part of a community's responsibility. Well, I think it goes down to safety first. How can you improve your community's experience on the roadways and on the bike paths and make that experience as safe as possible? Unfortunately, in my career, I've had the misfortune of seeing an officer die in the line of duty on a roadway in Lodi, California. He was the one who told me, hey, you need to do something about Ketterman Lane. And uh, if you don't, somebody might die out there. And as soon as he told me that, I did the safety index calculation. I applied for the grant. And while we were waiting for that grant, he passed away. And at the end of the day, when we finished the project, there were physical barriers that we constructed to improve safety. So this is a passion of mine wherever I work, to make sure that we try to improve safety as, as best we can. And one of the best ways to do it is with physical barriers, whether they be medians, roundabouts, bike paths, dedicated bike paths, all those things are, are things that I look at, especially considering my experience. And do you think it requires one of those tragedies for people to be more thoughtful about uh, their time that they spend uh, moving from point A to point B? I think for the motorists, they are depending on us, the public officials, to keep an eye on those things and to suggest improvements to make their passageway safer. I agree with you very much on that one. Uh, but what would you say back to um, a motorist who has uh, that great of an expectation on you? What advice would you give them uh, for making sure that uh, they make it to their destinations uh, as safely as possible for everyone involved? Well, like in Officer Rick Cromwell's uh, situation, we need to know if there's a, an issue out there. Uh, we're always out there, you know, trying to see if there's a, a problem uh, or problems developing, and uh, you know, with new housing developments or new industrial development with vehicle traffic. You know, is there something happening? Does the accident data show that you have a problem somewhere? Do the complaints show that you have a problem somewhere? And you have to analyze that and, and see what you can do to make it better. Part of your transportation background includes work on public transportation. Do you see any opportunities to diversify the transportation options available to Baldwin County residents? I think in this region you have that issue. I'd like to see a regional transportation system in this area, but that's going to take a lot of time to put something like that together. I think the legislature is going to take that up next year. Obviously, we'll be at the table trying to provide input try to make it easier 
for these different counties to be able to travel intra-county so that you can take somebody from Hancock County into Baldwin County. Uh, you know, and you might be able to do that with a regional transit system. Right now, it's just not as efficient as it could be. And what would a, a regional transportation network like that look like? Well, first of all, the Section 5311 funding from the Federal Transit Administration would go to one organization. You know, everybody who would opt in to become a part of that regional transit system. If you do that, you have just one dispatch center. You have one fleet of vehicles rather than multiple fleets of vehicles. Think about the administrative savings where you just have one organization doing all the solicitation and the procurement for all the equipment and services. So I think it'd just be much more efficient to do it that way. You grew up in one of America's great cities, San Francisco, but you seemingly have worked and lived in every shape and size of community since then. You came to our community from Cairo, Georgia, in Grady County. Um, What are you looking forward to during your tenure here in Baldwin County? Just trying to please uh, the public and specifically the five Board of Commissioners, just trying to execute the plans that they have for this community. Did you see any opportunities as you were making that decision to spend the next part of your career here? I mean, anything that really spoke to you about this community and the possibilities? I think you all see the same things that I see. There's some serious challenges here. Uh, Blight, dilapidated houses, abandoned houses, abandoned mobile homes. That's a big issue in this county. I think it affects economic development. If you have people wanting to invest into this community, the condition of our housing stock, what does that say to people? You know, so I I think that was the the number one issue that appealed to me, which might sound a little strange, but, uh, you know, trying to fix that problem is uh, is something that I look forward to, trying to improve the housing stock in this community, try to make the affordable housing a little bit uh, better for our citizens. Do you find that the challenges are what attract you the most? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Now, um, one of the things that jumps out in the small amount of research um, is the nickname, Mr. Frugal. How did that come about? Well, I was a budget officer in, in Grady County, and everywhere I've, I've worked, I've worked in very conservative areas, where taxes was just a not a uh, a popular word, even in California. I was in some very conservative cities uh, towards the end of my stay there in California, and I think the public expects us to be as efficient and as effective as we can possibly be. I think our facilities need to be maintained well, and sadly, and this is this is not a good thing to say, but most government in the United States has a reputation of being able to build monuments to itself and let them deteriorate, and they have to tear them down and build new monuments to themselves. And where really, if you just maintain what you have, you really don't have to replace buildings. If we can repurpose buildings, buy used equipment or vehicles, uh, you know, we'll do that. Now, those are all the questions I have for you. I just want to turn it over to you now. Is there anything that I did not ask you about, or is there anything that you'd like to go back to and place a greater emphasis on? Sure. The citizens of uh, Millersville and Baldwin County, they have a decision to make. They have on the ballot the middle Georgia T-Splost, and they can decide to tax themselves to see these road improvements. And I think that's one of the things that appeals about that sales tax is it's a, it's a decision the citizens make. 
Well, Baldwin County Manager Carlos Tobar, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk with our radio audience about this decision that's in front of them, the Transportation Special Purpose Local Option Sales Tax. You've been listening to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. Today, we were talking with Baldwin County Manager Carlos Tobar about the Transportation Special Purpose Local Option Sales Tax that will be on the May 22nd general primary ballot. If you're listening to this, of course, early voting for that general primary has begun at the Baldwin County Courthouse. You can learn more about hours and days by contacting the Baldwin County Board of Registrars at 478 445 I've been your host, Daniel McDonald. It has been my pleasure spending this portion of the evening with you here on Millageville Matters, and I want you to know that I look forward to convening with you next time.